On this episode of Resi Week, the Nest Company has a brand new camera. The Nortec buyout has attracted the lawyers, plus a new freshman class at ProSource. All that and more next on Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 24, recorded Monday, July 18th, 2016. DIY Unplugged. Resi Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Infocom International. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap-up. Wow, it's already been a long week. Let's kick that one more time. Three, two, Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap-up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. Today, I am joined by some of my favorite people in the whole wide world. We have, first off, uh, Terry, the external communication specialist from Draper. Terry, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm great, Matt. Uh, how about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm doing Thanks good. for that awesome, that awesome build-up so Wasn't that how I can disappoint everybody. No, 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 no. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And we got our next guest to help out with that. Um, not the disappointing part. Uh, next, he really doesn't need an introduction. Uh, it is Uncle Richie, Richard Fergosa, the principal and founder of Fergosa Design. How are you doing this morning, my friend? Good. Mellow West Coast greetings. Um, dealing with uh, a couple of tweens and a six-year-old uh, sleeping off a uh, cake and bounce house hangover. So it's, <laughs> we've got kids strewn all over the place for this podcast. So. That's the key. I love it. And last and certainly not least, uh, my good friend Ted Green, the editor of Strategy.com. Ted, how are you doing today? Uh, super good for a Monday. Not too bad at all. Um, heating up here in the summer, heating up here on Resi Week. <laughs> I love it. All right, gentlemen. Um, Rich, just before we jump into the stories, uh, you had a, a, a colleague or a gentleman that you knew in the industry that, that, that passed on. Um, let's let's just kick it off with that real quick. Yeah, no, not to be a downer, but I just, um, uh, last week, uh, John Trimback, who uh, his last position was at Russ Sound as one of their sales managers. Uh, but prior to that, I knew him at his time uh, at Autonomic and uh, some of his other ventures before that. He uh, passed away. Uh, last week, a uh, great industry guy, um, was just instrumental in, in helping a lot of people in the industry, w- well-respected and, and, and a friend and, and just uh, saddened by, by the loss of somebody in the industry who uh, really enjoyed having around. And anybody who knew him had nothing but good words to say about Jaws. Just wanted to get that out there. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Um, all right, let's let's jump right in, gentlemen. Uh, this is something that comes to us from Ted. Ted, thanks for uh, being on top of this stuff. Um, it's been fantastic. Uh, I'm going to share it real quick. Uh, it's about Nortec and their uh, being acquired that that we talked about over the last you know week or two. And guess what? It's my favorite people in the world. Here comes the lawyers. Uh, Ted, since you wrote this, why don't you uh, jump in and just give us a quick overview of, you know, what this means? Because again, we, we kind of forget that it, with companies such as Nortec, you can't just buy them. Uh, there, there's other parties involved, and there's there's a lot of uh, shareholders involved. So, can you uh, just give us a quick overview on that? 
Uh, yeah, I think that um, you know what was um, what was uh, interesting about this particular story is it's it's not uncommon when um, there's a big deal that goes down that's a publicly traded company that uh, attorneys who specialize in shareholder rights will step in and announce um, uh, an investigation. That part's not unusual. What is unusual in this case is the number of attorneys that came out with the announcement. And um, if, uh, you know, usually it's one or two or three firms announce. In this case, I gave a whole list of, uh, what is eight. it? There's yeah. eight there. That was the number who announced in one day. Last Wednesday, that is the number of law firms that announced that they were going to investigate this deal. So that caught my attention. That's a little bit of uh, an unusual scenario. Um, you know, who knows where it'll go? Maybe they'll find nothing. Maybe it'll go nowhere. Or, you know, maybe they'll find something. I can tell you that, you know, if I found out that there were eight law firms investigating my company, that's not something I would be very happy about. Um, the other part of that story is this is actually a twofer, this story. Um, I also was able to find an interesting article that appeared over in the UK, um, more from the Melrose side of the story. Melrose Industries PLC is the acquirer of Nortec, mm -hmm. and it talked a little bit more about what Melrose intended to do as far as restructuring Nortec. That information, we haven't seen too much of that over here in the U.S., so it was kind of a, uh, like I said, a twofer story. Um, interesting, Nortec, you know, is... Um, I think one of the fascinating stories in our industry, uh, Nortec is the parent company of Core Brands. Core Brands uh, currently has something like 10 or 12 brands, mm -hmm. um, some of whom at one time were absolutely anchor brands for the custom integration industry. Um, whenever there's an, uh, you know, a scenario like this where there's an acquisition, it's always, um, you know, it's unclear where it's going to go. The, the, you know, the buyer bought a lot, you know, paid a lot of money to buy this company and He's going to have his ideas about where to go with it and what to do with it. In this case, Melrose Industries, PLC, is actually a financial company. It's a financial company that specializes in purchasing troubled industrial companies, yeah. fixing what's ever wrong with them, and then turning it around and selling it. In real estate, we call this flipping. You know, you, 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 you know, slap some paint on and put fresh carpeting down and turn around and sell it and, and make a profit. And so that's what Melrose is doing here. So well, yeah, and that's that was something that we talked about when when we first uh, heard the news and, and got that story from from your your firm there, Richard. Um, when you see this much legal action involved in something, does this as 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 an integrator does this give you some cause to to, to, to maybe pause and and I don't know just evaluate who your who your suppliers are. Knowing that there may be an issue with one of them, uh, that's a, a Nortec brand. Um, I think if you asked me that question 20 years ago, I would have said yes. Um, I, I, and and on all day, from from the CI standpoint, um, you were dealing with independent companies. I mean, if you take a look at um, kind of the portfolio of, of core uh, of the core brands, I mean, you've got a lot: Speakercraft, Niles, uh, you know, Panamax. Sunfire, Provision, Zantic. I mean, these these it was exactly like Ted was saying. These were cornerstone independent companies that that fueled the industry that we have now um, when we were in our infancy. And now that we're you know in our adolescence, and, and I would say we're post adolescence at this point um, as an industry and maturing, 
we're seeing what happens pretty much in every other industry. There is a consolidation. There is more um, focus on the fiduciary aspects of running these businesses than the, you know, I, the, the old rock and roll, you know, let's get the band together and, and if somebody doesn't make it, if somebody doesn't make a product, let's invent it ourselves and mm -hmm. maybe there's a market for it. Um, I think that with the potential for this acquisition, um, but but you're seeing it. Everybody's on a buying spree. Um, everybody's. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's in the news right now in terms of the industry, um, and this is just another indicator that, um, from a vendor standpoint of, of who you're working with, um, I, I think that's a business proposition, really. You know, who 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 are the the ones that you take the field with? Um, yeah. As a smaller integrator, do you stay with the companies that you have a strong relationship with? Um, you may not necessarily get the benefits of, you know, uh, the, the price benefits of something that's a, a, a little bit more boutique. The flip side is that you can and deal with this, and it's almost the Google approach. You know, they buy all of these companies, they give them a shot for a year, and then a year later they issue a press release going, oh, yeah, those guys, yeah, they're not around anymore. They didn't work out. We didn't it didn't like work out. Um, <laughs> and so that is, like Ted was saying just a second ago, that is – um, if, if if it is a turnaround company, um, mm -hmm. that's what they do. They they it's 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 purely Darwinian. You know, it's like only the strongest are going to survive, and everybody else is going to be left to go. Um, so I would I would keep an eye on it as an integrator. I think that that always goes back to your business model. You know, who yeah. who is going to be there? Who can you support? Are you looking for a cost effective kind of short term? sale or are you looking for something over the long term in terms of the partnership with the vendor and mm -hmm. when the vendor is being handled by um, you know primarily being controlled by a comptroller or somebody who's handling just the the, the, the bean counting side of things mm -hmm. that and custom don't necessarily go together um, right. so that's that's kind of always what I look at yeah very good um, Terry when you're looking at this you know being a manufacturer is acquisitions like this is this something that if it's not kind of let's say in your wheelhouse uh, as far as projection screens or something like that with with Draper, is it something that you guys as manufacturers watch or keep an eye on beyond just general interest, uh, or is it something that you kind of follow as say a, a, an acquisition trend within the industry? Uh, yeah, we I mean we want to pay attention to our industry uh, and not just in our own general uh, areas, you know, production screens, lifts, that kind of thing, um, because um, you know we work closely with our dealers and with integrators, and uh, you know we want to know what's going on with their business, um, and uh, you know we're all part of making making their business a healthy enterprise and successful. So uh, from that standpoint, yes, we're very interested in, in mm -hmm. keeping up with all this stuff. Um, uh, it's, it's interesting for us to view all of these uh, acquisitions going on um, because, I mean, we've done a bit of that in the past, um, right. uh, but not really in the, not particularly in the AV industry all that much. But, um, uh, uh, but it's something where um, um, it, it almost looks like a foreign concept because, you know, that's never going to be us. You know, we're, not, we're never going to be putting our <laughs> – uh, famous last words, but you know we're not going to be. You're not going to be reading next week. Somebody has purchased Draper Inc. Uh, but um, from the standpoint of in the past, when we have looked at that, you know, it's always been something that helps us um, 
helps us uh, provide uh, something else uh, for our dealers that would be of a similar uh, or into a similar space and help them round out their offerings a little bit better um, and help us round out our offerings a little bit better. Um, so um, but I see, and, and it's interesting, um, like, and I think in this particular case that you've been talking about, um, um, I'm not really sure what to make of, um, of the attorneys coming in and all of that, but it'll be interesting to see. And I think that in a case like this company, there's such um, – you know they have such a, a, ver a variety of, of things going on and, and brands that um, I don't. I think that they're going to be. I think they'll come out of this okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very very good. Um, so we were talking about this kind of just before we we jumped in on air and and Terry, I'm going to stick with you for a second. Uh, Google announced or, or officially Nest announced today, uh, or I'm sorry, not today. Uh, this week, this comes to us from Twice. Um, that they are rolling out a new camera. This is their new outdoor cam to uh, uh, go along with their other indoor cam. Uh, it's slated for availability in the fall. It's going to have the same retail price as the indoor camera. Uh, and it's also going to have <coughs> uh, some new alerts that are going to work with its Nest Aware cloud storage subscription service uh, with people alerts and, and other things like that that are allowing it to distinguish different objects. Uh, is this something that, is this just another extension of um, the, you know, the, the Google approach and the DIY approach, making more and more inroads into the, the uh, custom integration channel, or is this something that integrators should, should kind of embrace? Um, Terry, I know when we kind of talked off air about it, you were a little excited about it. Um, how is this going to change, if at all, the uh, you know the outdoor surveillance market? Well, I'm not sure that I'm not sure about that. I'm, you know, from a personal standpoint, I found it interesting, not at all for what it's being marketed as. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I may not be the best person to. Well, that's why I wanted to start with you because it's. Uh, I, how you know, I like it because of. Uh, well, you pointed out it has a power cord. So what kind of security <laughs> camera do you want hanging outside with a, something that somebody could easily, uh, <laughs> perhaps you know, um, uh, snip or you know easily put out of action? I, I don't know about that, but you know, I like I liked the idea because it's a it's a simple. Um, uh, approach to something like keeping an eye on birds and wildlife that are in our that are in our um, yard. Mm -hmm. We have a pretty good size yard here in Indiana. We have a lot of stuff going on outside at night that makes the dogs go crazy, and we would just like to be able to see sometimes what happens. And this might be one of those solutions that uh, would help. And you can get this stuff in other places. And where you know, I'm not an integrator, but you know, I maybe this could be an in. Um, force who hadn't who wouldn't normally consider uh, they would just consider going to the store but uh, getting right. something but maybe if you know if this is something that an integrator could use as a, a door opener uh, maybe um, with some people um, who might not otherwise consider it, it might uh, and I could be wrong I'd love to hear what Rich especially would have to say about about that yeah that's why we're gonna jump over him for a second and go to <laughs> Ted. <laughs> I meant to. Yeah. yeah no, no, you're fine. 
no. Ted, is this is this just more more of the same of the DIY market expanding? I think this was a you know a disappointing product from Nest. Disappointing. Really? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, hearing that. We, we, you know, we look to Nest to be the leader in IoT, right? Mm-hmm. We look to Nest, founded by the an ex Apple executive, Tony, as to yep. as to Tony Fidel to be a, um, you know, every product they introduce to be just a, a you know, something that uh, that that inspires, um, you know, a, a whole new class of products. So. And what did they come out with? This is their first new product in a year. And what they, what did they come out with? They came out with a weatherized version of the Nest Cam, which they got when they bought Dropcam in 2014. So it is, um, you know, it's an incremental product. It's not an earth-shattering new product. Uh, they came up with the idea. They they Should said they thrown an S on the end of this one. <laughs> well. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's the first new product from them in a year. It's the first new product since the exit of Tony Fidel. There's right. been lots of rumors of problems over at Alphabet, lots of rumors of problems at Nest, um, you know. And so it's kind of uh, it's an interesting little product, and they got a neat little app to go with it. And, you know, it's weatherized. You can put it outdoors. How well it works, we don't know yet. Price is okay, but it's just another product. I was expecting more from Nest. I don't know. You know, I think we, uh, um, you know, we, uh, look, uh, companies like Google, Apple, you know, there's a lot of expectation. You know, the last Apple WWDC was kind of a yawner. I mean, there was just nothing exciting there. I don't know if you did a show on that or not, but yeah, nothing really. Well, yeah, and that's, nothing... that's my question, though. Are we expecting too much from these firms? Well, I mean, I think that that is... Uh, how much innovation can really go into an outdoor camera? Other than maybe, I don't know, PoE and maybe not a power cord? <laughs> well, maybe what, uh, you know... Uh, so, number one, yeah. So, expectations are a, a real issue. And, and companies need to consider that um, when they're doing incremental announcements or when they're doing major announcements. Um, you know, it just... An announcement like this, to me, in my mind as a marketing guy, just raises a whole lot of questions about where are they going. Um, There's no context to this. Uh, It's an incremental advance over their indoor uh, Nest Cam. Um, But we get a big announcement. It comes out a year later. And and so, to me, it raises more questions than it answers. It's possible we're being unrealistic. But, you know, like Terry, I used to be a manufacturer, and I was on the other side of that. You know, and our dealers expected real innovation from us and real movement forward and not just incremental um, products. So we worked very hard to deliver that. It's not easy, um, but you work hard to deliver that. In this case, this is Nest. This is Alphabet. This was Tony Fidel. So there's a lot of expectation. I don't know that this product lived up to it. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Richard, Uncle Richie, as our, you know, resident integrator here today, um, what is this? What does this hit? What does this miss? Do is this something integrators should just ignore? No, it, the opposite. Um, I, I think it's great for for a simple reason. Um, I love competition. Um, I, I competition forces innovation, and when somebody comes out with a product that isn't quite what it should be, 
Um, it's doing a couple of things though, and especially with Nest and with Alphabet, is that it is opening up a market, it is causing a conversation, it is creating a user base that may not have been there before, mm-hmm. who um, is like anything else. It's, it's how integration works in the first place. Um, somebody gets an idea, somebody gets a product, and it may be a do-it-yourself product, and then the question invariably becomes, is there more? What, what can we do? So potential client A goes down to Best Buy or, or you know, orders it off of the Internet or you know, off, of, um, off of Amazon, gets the unit in, and all of a sudden they open up the box and they go, oh, I have to plug this into the wall. I can guarantee that over half of the people who buy this aren't going to read the fact that the thing plugs into the wall somewhere. <laughs> There's going to need the, it's going to need electricity. Yeah. So now you have somebody who likes the premise of it, and I mean, it, especially here on the West Coast, and I mean, if you look in the news, it's it's surveillance systems and, and personal surveillance systems and and um, site protection is becoming something that doesn't require a huge estate and uh, you know a gated community and and uh, you know a guard shack. This is something where somebody realistically could have two or three. Simple. I mean, you can go to Costco for goodness sakes yeah. and get like an eight pack of them. I mean, it's like you know, you can get you can get a pallet of toilet paper and eight cameras to go. You know, I mean, that's that's they're becoming <laughs> as ubiquitous as that at this point. Um, but what's happening is that people are running across the point where they're finding out that the technology doesn't meet the convenience that they were looking for. It's a perfect opening point for an integrator to come in and say, "Hey, look, this is what you're looking for." There are other manufacturers than Nest. Nest provides a um, uh, it, it, it lowers the pain threshold, right, in terms of a setup standpoint. Is it a perfect product? Is it a professional product? No, it's neither. But it is a product that started the conversation. And then at that point, if somebody decides that, you know, I can't get power to that, okay, well, great. There are some, uh, you know, POE solutions. Uh, well, that won't even work. There are even companies who provide battery solutions. You know, there are Wi-Fi solutions. There's, there's all of these solutions that become available, and it allows for an integrator to come in and be a technologist. I am here to solve your technology problem. And for me, that's always the message that I'm pushing through with, with the integrators that I work with, is that you are a technology advisor. You're not a camera guy. You're not a stereo guy. You're not a touch panel guy. You're a technology guy. And it is your responsibility to come in, advise, counsel, um, and, and set those expectations. That's how you build a business long term. Um, and so you have to look at products like this as an opportunity. And if you're not looking at it as an opportunity, then, then you might want to try a different business model. Now, is this something where, you know, integrators should look at using this as marketing as well? Oh, heck and yeah. Not, not, and not just sit back and say, hey, you know, if someone comes to me and says, oh, by the way, I bought this nest and it's a piece of junk and it doesn't do what I need it to do, is it something like can, should an integrator maybe be so bold as to say, hey, have you seen all these great new products? They may not work. Let, you know, we can help you do, do better. Absolutely. I, I mean, uh, I've seen a couple of integrators who have been really successful with their, their Facebook pages of mm-hmm. all things where it's like, did you buy this? Were you expecting this? You know, check with us for an actual solution. And you can do it in a way not to disparage the product or disparage the client, but to say this is probably what you were looking for. Didn't meet expectations, you know. It's yeah. it's uh, um, you know, gentlemen, countrymen, you know, lend me your nests, you know, and bring it in. It's, it's, uh, uh, you know, Matt, if I can jump in real quick. Yeah. You know, a lot of people look to Tony Fidel and Nest as um, the company that was going to drive mass market adoption 
mm-hmm. of I of you know of IoT products. They yeah, seem to be products. you know not just a couple of years ago, uh, Tony Fidel was a keynote speaker at Cedia Expo, and there was a lot of excitement over what the and that was you know Nest was just rolling out, uh, was just reaching out to our community, and there was a lot of excitement about where he was going and what he was doing, and 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 this is what they brought us. It it feels like. Not only are they not leading us into mass market adoption of IoT products, but uh, they've kind of shifted us all into neutral, and um, we're just kind of spinning our wheels. So we're waiting. So now we're waiting again for the next big innovation out of Nest or, or anybody um, to start driving the mass market adoption of uh, smart home products or IoT. So, and that raises a really good point. Is this not the dare I say the perfect example? of large market companies thinking they're going to just jump in and, and change the smart home system. And, you know, we've talked about it on the show and, and AV Week for quite a long time that until we get that all-in-one solution and, and that standard that allows that to, you know, every manufacturer to come out and do something, we're not, I, I don't see, we're, I don't think we're going to see a true smart home system like everyone will have their own little individual pieces but it's not that whole IOT dream of just plugging something in and having their entire house all work and play together I just I, I still don't see it but I think we could debate that point for for months and days and all kinds of stuff yeah I mean that's a there's a huge industry debate about that you know the keynote hmm. speaker at uh, CES uh, last year was the CEO of Samsung, and his whole keynote sp- speech was on how IoT was going to revolutionize the industry. And I think we all saw his vision. When how um, Samsung's IoT? Yeah, well, he it was. Wasn't, it wasn't yeah, exactly. all It was Samsung's ecosystem. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was proposing it as what was going to happen to the industry. But yes, you're correct. He obviously had Samsung's viewpoint, mm-hmm. and um, but nonetheless. Um, you know that that is uh, that's a huge company, and it is a huge challenge that he laid out there, and the momentum just seems to have stalled. So you know maybe that's the nature of the beast, but um, um, it just hasn't seemed to shift into gear yet. So yeah, this, no, very good. this this announcement from Nest really really didn't uh, it didn't move the ball down the field. No, I don't I don't think so. Um, let's let's move on real quick. And take a look at this article over from Residential Systems. Uh, this is about Savant and how they're now shipping their direct-to-consumer remote control. Um, this is a big, huge departure departure uh, for Savant. I would I would have to have to say um, in providing a universal remote that a sells directly to consumers and b uh, sells directly to consumers. They have always been, you know, one of those firms that really caters to the the higher end side of the market, um, and this is this is just a gigantic departure f- uh, for them from that. Um, is this something that, you know, Richard? I'm going to start off with you. Um, is this something that you see other firms continuing to do? Uh, and is this something that you think is going to how, – how is this going to affect Savant? Um, I, it, it's, it's with Savant. It's, um, 
it, really the remote was brilliant for a simple reason. If they didn't come out with one, someone else will. And oh, it likely wouldn't be in our, from our industry. Um, I think where we sometimes suffer from a significant amount of hubris in our industry is that we seem to keep thinking that we are the ones who are pushing the envelope. Um, the rest of the technology world is zooming by us. Savant is looking at it and saying, there's a whole lot more people out there mm -hmm. that would approach a X amount dollar remote that they can fiddle with, much like kind of an iPhone or a tablet where they can upgrade it every couple of years for a, a modest investment as opposed to a full-scale integrated system that, A, they may not be homeowners, B, they may not have multiple houses in the room where they have tons of technology already deployed, C, they may be younger, um, and again, we're, we're seeing millennials are starting to increase their purchasing power who have different buying patterns to begin with and dis different expectations of technology. The freemium model is what drives the app world. It's, it's mm -hmm. what drives the rest of the technology world. So the old days of coming by with a $2,500, $5,000, $10,000 integrated control system, that doesn't necessarily fly. When somebody sits there and goes, yeah, I mean, I have five or six different apps, but they came free. Um, the, the Savant remote, um, and, and the, the message has always been, because I remember when this was announced, and then I do have some friends over at Savant, the, the message has always been, we're not competing with, with the CI dealer. These are purchases that wouldn't occur necessarily with the CI dealer to begin with. They're, they're not that same market necessarily. What they are doing, though, is like I was talking about before, is planting the seed mm -hmm. when somebody goes, what else is there? Then it opens up as they state in, in everything else and in, in their marketing plan and in their promotion, which is at that point, then you do can, you can move to the Savant program. You can work with a custom integration specialist. You can expand it from where your starting point is. But you got to start somewhere. And, and, and again, like I was saying, there's that certain hubris, which is kind of the all or nothing approach. Well, if you're not spending five figures on this system, you're a nobody. Yeah. You know, that, that's insulting. Um, well, and let's yeah. let's be honest. At a at a price point of five hundred bucks U.S. Mm -hmm. um, to get you the remote, the smart host, and their blaster, that's right on par with you know all the other DIY remote systems. But gosh, look at this thing. This thing is gorgeous. It's By comparison. gorgeous. It feels gorgeous. It it works well. It's it's well done. Um, and there was a lot of time spent on it. Um, you know, they, they hired an industrial design firm just to build that thing, and it shows. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I mean, is that they, they are leveraging the technology base that is out there outside of our industry to help kickstart and challenge the other companies um, that are in our industry. So for me, it, it's refreshing to see that because it, it, it keeps everybody from getting complacent. You know, the gauntlet's been thrown. So now it becomes a matter of, okay, who else is going to step up, or are they gonna, just going to abdicate that market? So, right. like I said, I, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for competition. It's like, I love seeing <laughs> that. I mean, that, that gets my blood boiling. It's like, all right, it's game on. Here you go. Um, and, I, and from a manufacturing standpoint, I mean, I, would, I, I do hope to see Control 4, Crestron, Elan, um, you know, XYZ, 
come out with with their statement pieces because I again like I said in a vacuum it's tough to it's it, it's tough to push innovation in a vacuum like for me um, in the old days of the control systems I loved that Amex and Crestron were like two heavyweight fighters because they pushed each other and they kept pushing and pushing and pushing I think we need that kind of shake up again in the industry so I'm excited for it so I, I think it's great you know and I and I'm a fan of the remote I really am oh yeah no it's it's beautiful it's definitely something that I know when I first saw it, I was quite excited with it, um, and it, it just felt so darn good in your hand. Terry, is this something because it, when you compare it to all the other devices, shall we say, that are DIY and, and in this price point, the fact that this thing is touted to control Apple TV, Sonos, Roku, uh, and a lot of those IP-based systems, that it's designed to control those out of the box. Whereas, let's be honest, some of the other ones don't do that as well, um, and they they require a lot more work to uh, to function properly. Is that is that going to be one of those big pushing points that's really going to allow this to have uh, some serious market penetration? Oop, microphone. Do, do we lose you? I can't I hear you. He's mic, his mic muted. There we go. How about there now? There we go. Yeah. Can you hear me now? I know. Gosh, I'm dating myself now. Wait, <laughs> I'm dating myself now. Um, anyway, where was I? Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> uh, can you start over? You. <laughs> uh, no, the, those, those things you were talking about, those are the, the things I, I like about this concept because um, I'm uh, what we in the United States refer to as a cord cutter. And so I have Apple TV and various other devices, and anybody who has an Apple TV and a Mac computer knows how horrible it is to try to use those little stinking remotes, and it sets your iTunes <laughs> off on your Mac, even though you've allegedly um, uh, paired your remote with the Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I do have a third-party remote, and I won't mention any names, but it does some of this, but you have to plug it into the computer. You have to you know, you have to go out and find all of your devices. So out of the – especially for what Rich was saying as an introductory – an introduction to this, um, somebody gets this out of the box and it works great. That's a great user experience for them, and so um, they're less likely to be turned off by uh, the integrated home, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. Um Ted, just to just to wrap this one up, yep. because this has voice control, which you know we've talked about on the show back and forth quite a few times about the the pluses and minuses of voice control. Is this just another? Is this just another entry point into that voice control market and pushing the boundaries of voice control? Well, I think that uh, uh, voice control. They added voice control because that's a very hot buzzword right now. The, the whole voice control market, the whole voice control technology. I mean, I don't know how the rest of the panel here feels, but I think it has a ways to go to be really useful and really usable. This product, though, I, I agree with everybody else. I think this product is is a brilliant product from a marketing perspective, um, an affordable solution, uh, intelligently designed. As you said yourself, Matt, feels good in your hand, looks mm-hmm. good, operates well. This is, you know, what the first thing I I thought of when I saw it, and I'm going to really date myself now. I don't know how many people around here remember my first Sony, but a few, many years ago, Sony came out with a line of kids technology products, 
And it wasn't really because they wanted to get into the kid market, but they wanted to seed the market and they wanted to set the hook for the Sony brand. And right. that I believe that's exactly what this is all about. Um, I believe that what um, what they're really doing here is um, they're delivering a great product at an affordable price that not only uh, opens up a market they're not in uh, uh, right now, but it also sets the hook for when when those customers that have bought this and used it and liked it go to upgrade later down the road. Now Savant's on their radar screen. They might right. not have been otherwise. Now they know the name. They know it's good. It works. It's easy to use, which has always been a hallmark of Savant's products. Um, and um, they're on the radar screen, and they're, that may be where they start, and that may be where they stay. So it's, it's brilliant in that regard. I think voice control, there's a lot of action in voice control right now. It's a little bit controversial from some people. There were some studies showing um, that there was a uh, negative attitude about voice control. Um, but I know that, you know, obviously Amazon and Alexa has been uh, very popular and it's a very compelling vision uh, of the future. Um, you know, maybe, a, you know, um, maybe a little bit like uh, what was that computer uh, Hal and, uh, you know, <laughs> op open the bay doors, Hal. And, <laughs> <That's> awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I think they included Half of our audience stuff. doesn't even understand that reference anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I wasn't going to say that, though. I was going to let that go. <laughs> uh, you're, you're saying I'm dating myself again. Is no. that what you're saying, Rich? <laughs> I was not going to say any of that. I kept all my comments to myself about my first technology thing. I left it alone. <laughs> I think they put, I mean, they, they want to be out there. This is a G-Wiz technology product, and so they had to include voice control. And hopefully it'll work, um, you know, reasonably well. But the whole product overall, you know, it's voice control and or touch control. Mm -hmm. So, right. you know, you're still covered no matter what. And um, so I think it was a good move by Savan. I'm very interested in this product. Yeah, I, I, I got to say that. I think, Tom, Ted, you really you you really hit the, the key with that because Savan is one of those players that's, you know, maybe not as well known in in this space uh, opposed to some of the other players but if they right. can get their foot in the door and get those I hate to use the term but get the millennials and get get the people who are just starting down this road if they can get them in now and get them to know that brand when it comes you know 5 10 years down the road and they're they're in their second house or their third house and they're ready to invest some serious cash flow into uh, you know, the products and the systems that we as integrators use, it's going to put them right at the top of their list of, of stuff they're looking for. Yeah, it's exactly what I think. I think they're yeah. seeding the market, and I think it's a smart move. Very much so. Uh, hey, Matt, I think it's not just yeah. millennials, probably. I'm, 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 uh, I'm in my early 50s, and um, I like things. I have a lot going on in my life, so for me, I like things simple, and I like things that, are easy to use and uh, don't take a lot of setup. So I think that this also is a product that um, could get into um, the hands of uh, folks like me um, and folks who are, I don't want to, they're not Luddites, but they've just never been that into technology because they're afraid of it. It's always been so complicated to them. So um, I think this could appeal in a lot of different ways. 
Very, very true. All right, gentlemen, that's all the time we have for this week. Thanks for being here, guys. Uh, Richard, I know you've got to go, so let's uh, hit you real quick. Where can people Where can people find you? Um, you can find me and let's see if I can get it right again. And right there on the Twitter, there you go. At R Pergosa. Uh, for those of you, yeah. So for those of you not watching, you can find me on Twitter at R Pergosa. R-F-R-E-G-O-S-A. You can find me at ProgosaDesign.com. Uh, type in my name in the interwebs, and invariably something pops up. You can also see it at Cedia uh, this year. Uh, yeah, you're a tweet again, aren't you? I have, yeah. I, I have been called in as a late-inning replacement um, uh, for uh, Johnny Sanchez has some uh, uh, some other duties that uh, precluded her for being a tweet, so I am coming in to fill in in her stead, so uh, getting okay. the band back together, Uncle Rich is back, so you'll be seeing nice. me at Cedia, and we should have some really good surprises also with uh, the rest of the AV Nation crew um, at Cedia from the show floor, so uh, look forward to seeing you all there. Excellent, well thank you so much for being here, and if you got if you got to run, run. Uh, Terry, again, thanks, thanks for being here, it's always good to chat with you, where can people find you? I'm glad to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me. Um, you can uh, find me on uh, uh, Twitter at DraperAV, um, and that obviously is our company's AV uh, Twitter account. Um, I do have my own personal Twitter, but uh, I don't talk very much about uh, the industry. So, but you can Google me. I talk about I talk about writing and things like that. So, uh, <laughs> that's at TC Cricket. At TC loves cricket. Yeah, I talk about cricket. That's and, right. Sorry. <laughs> stuff like that. So uh, even more obscure than funny here. So nice, <laughs> very nice. Uh, Ted, thank you again for being here. Um, where can people find you? Okay, always a pleasure to be with you, Matt. I am on Twitter at Ted Green. I'm on Facebook, Ted Green. This is you're sensing a sequence here, right? A sequence, yeah. Uh, and uh, the best place to get me though is uh, www.strategy.strata-gee.com. Um, come visit me there. Yeah, we we definitely get a lot of stories from you. So thank you so much for for you know giving us content. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you using it. So that's hey, great. That's very well written. We like it. Um, for myself, uh, again, thanks to my guests for being here. Thanks for joining us and for watching this episode of Resi Week. Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me at Matt D Scott on Twitter and pretty much every other social platform. Again, Google me, you'll find me. Uh, but more importantly, please stop by avnation.tv. You'll find this show as well as a, uh, a wide host of all the other shows and all the other verticals that avnation covers. So definitely check out avnation.tv. You can follow us, avnation uh, TV on Twitter and pretty much all the other social stuff. Uh, that's all the time we have for Resi Week.